Welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. This is a long, long podcast dedicated to all things Mexican football. We like to call this Monday Night Football, but we're not doing this live anymore. So you might be listening on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, uh, hopefully not on Thursday, because by then Cesar already has got an update on what is happening. So thank you. Thank you much for listening. We have a great, great show for you guys today. Saying hello to Ms. Amy Lopez and Mr. Cesar Hernandez. But we have a wonderful, wonderful first guest here in the Mexican Soccer Show. The very first time that, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to make an introduction of who it is. I feel like maybe we can go this and we're just going to go to him right away as like no one knows who's coming on. It'd be a, kind of a weird introduction. But our guest, would you uh, say hello? Hey, how's everybody doing? I'm really excited to be here to talk about all things that you say, fútbol mexicano, and of course, Chivas, who can, cannot be talking about Chivas these days. All right. See, we're not going to give him a name who it is. I'll give you a, a five-second pause of who do you think is on our chat? Do we bring I mean, in some music, right? I mean, we bring some like, music? I, have to, I have to tweet a, a preview of this. If they're so listening to the bot, they're, no, they're going to know. They're yeah. going to know. I, no, I'm not I, saying we shouldn't. I tagged him already in a tweet. Oh, so. this is how it is. <laughs> man, oh, man, oh, man. They already know. Guys, it is Carlos Eustace from Telemundo. Uh, calls the Chivas again. Carlos, we're really excited that you're here. I'm really excited to be invited. Uh, it's the first time I'm with the whole crew. I mean, the past two times I was I was here it was just me and, and Cesar yes. uh, breaking down the weekend. But it, it's good to see good to see you guys. Good to hear you. No, you know, really he, he would just complain and be like, you know, Cesar, it's great to be talking to you, but you know, I'm looking for the full <laughs> Mexican soccer experience. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of sucks. I mean, I guess this is like Mexican soccer soccer show light. You know, I want like you know. What's <laughs> No, no, no. I'm just he did say that, yeah. <laughs> so when do we get to be? Uh, yeah, you got pulled up to the to start in eleven of the Champions League match. Here you go. Here's your chance. No, no, no. We're just kidding. We're really excited that you're here. Um, and we have a great, great show. It's perfect that you're on because, man, man, we definitely want to pick your brain on all these different issues. You're seeing this at a level that we're not, and that's, um, you know, calling the games, being on, the, being on that side of things, which uh, we're all really, really excited for. So. Let's uh, let's just jump right in because there's a lot of topics, and one of the first ones we we really want to talk about is all this chat on I mean, the Mexican press, and even split over to this side because of the MLS. But let me paint a picture for you. People are saying that Liga MX is now boring. There's not that many goals. The matches are not there. Some pundits are, you know, comparing it to, to other leagues when you're looking at things. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's what's happening. It's like mayhem right now because there are not that many goals being scored. The matches are draws, and um, people are just not happy. So let's have a conversation as to uh, why that is. Do you buy it? Do you not? Do we just have to wait a little? Or are we just really nitpicking at everything? We'll start with Mr. Carlos. And how are you feeling about this topic? Um, I, I mean, there's certain, there's some truth to it, but it's also we gotta understand that we're still living through the pandemic, right? I, I feel like, mm -hmm. first of all, I feel like we all got got used to playing video games way too much, so we <laughs> expect every game to be like a FIFA game, and you won't end up like five four in, in those like three five minutes that you're watching, and it's constantly back and forth. And reality is like these are actual people running, and when they can't be at their peak for many reasons. Well, obviously, you're going to get a peak tournament. That that makes sense. And also, yes, uh, the idea of you as a player going into a stadium that it's empty is, is different. It, 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 the whole atmosphere and how you feel about the game and how you feel about playing, it, it changes completely. So so it is. It is it, it is a lot a lot more boring than, than usual. But that doesn't mean that that's just how it is and, and, and the level is going to be like that forever. And then comparing it to other leagues, that that's completely out of place all the time because there's a lot of things that deal with investment and how leagues are run. And you can see it if you really watch South American soccer because one of the big problems that we have is that now nowadays with the access we all have to, to the European leagues, we want to compare everything to the Champions League or we want to compare everything to the, to the Premier League. And that's completely out of place because Mexican soccer is nowhere near the amount of investment these two specific tournaments have. So when you look yeah. at the Mexican tournament, then you look at South America, because to me it's the closest that you can actually get to what leagues look like. Mexico is up, up to par with them. We saw in the Libertadores, we had a really boring Libertadores final, but that's the reality of soccer right now. Obviously, 
all the distances between teams having having drawing closer and and to me that that's what's happening and, and eventually one thing open up again and, and we'll be able to have people in the stadiums and, and players will be able to recover and see their trainer for the two hours that they're used to and going to the, the cryogenic chambers and get out <laughs> things will change but right now it's like i'm tired i can barely run they have to sub people around we played four days ago like that's i think that's just what's happening yeah, and I think I think the problem is that one of the defining characteristics of Liga Mekis is high-scoring games, and we're not just we're we're just not seeing as many as usual. And you know, Carlos mentioned a, a few factors there, but I think another factor that comes to mind is, at least for me, I think it's easy to think of a handful of goalkeepers who had an impressive start to this season. Jonathan Orozco has been fantastic with Cholos. Carlos Acevedo has been great with Santos. Hugo Gonzalez has been great with Rayados. I mean, I know he only has one clean sheet, but I thought at least Malagón has basically already had like a highlight reel worth of saves in the first few weeks, you know? And I think also, I mean, we, we've talked about, you know, like Carlos mentioned, just the the fatigue. And I think we have to talk about the mental fatigue too of the pandemic happening in, in the background. And it's it's not just in Liga, because we've seen it in, in leagues across the world. And it was actually interesting. There was an article from the Wall Street Journal last month talking about how they were fewer pressing teams in the EPL and that when it comes to the training ground, a lot more of the focus is on recovery work as opposed to really having these players push themselves and really, really exert themselves physically. So I wonder if a little bit of that is also having a factor in Liga Mekis where maybe on the training ground, we don't know what's happening on the training grounds. It's not like we're there every single day for all the Liga Mekis teams, but you know, with what's happening recently and we've seen, I mean, Last season, we saw that one report from Tom where up to 35% of players in Liga Mekis had COVID. So maybe the focus is a lot more on recovery. And, you know, maybe we just aren't seeing as much high-pressing soccer, but it's I think it's understandable. And I, I think at the, at the end, too, it's just I'm still really enjoying it. I don't think it's been – I actually think it hasn't really been that boring. I've been enjoying it so far, and I think, you know, I think it's been more competitive this season. I, I like having Aguirre and Solari in the league as well, and – I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily been a bad thing. We just, I think the, the simple thing is that just there aren't as many goals and people are really bothered about that. It's actually kind of funny too, because I was just watching um, this like English podcast um, that had to do with the EPL. And like Carlos was saying, while there's that co comparison between leagues around the world, a comparison that they made was that there's actually fewer points like earned from the top team in the EPL right now compared to like last season. I think last season they were like over 50 and right now they're barely at 40. So it's just like that general fatigue overall. Like, yeah, people are tired. Also, didn't Liam X have like a three-day preseason? Like, wasn't the off-season <laughs> like like three days, 14 yeah. hours? Does so it... All right, I'm going to play devil's advocate. No. I have to because we're all agreeing and, you know, it's, it's, it's what happens. Like, we're looking at COVID. I, I think we know, I, I think the games are a little bit on the i'm not gonna say boring but you're just kind of like all right this is not an exciting game okay this is an exciting as, as a casual fan because you know you look for your you, you root for your team you're gonna you're gonna think about you know your team winning your team losing whatever you're gonna be into it but i think when casual fans you know watch uh liga mekis for the excitement for the drama i mean when we always say it's so unpredictable right of what can happen when with that's why betting is crazy when with Liga Mekis. but when you're looking at it and i want to be on this side of it um when a league does not have uh re relegation right um it can affect those players and those teams where like well we don't necessarily we only have to get in their what 12 spots so i think you take that you take covid you take the break, you take the fans, and it does give you kind of this, well, these players aren't playing at 100% in that very high level. It can give you that, and I think that's what we're experiencing right now. But just like everyone else said, it's kind of happening all over the place. Um, and, I, I mean, I, I feel like that's the other side of things where, yeah, this league isn't perfect and they need to keep doing things to make it more interesting, but it doesn't help when you take a relegation. It doesn't help when there's 12 teams that can make it into the Liga and then see what happens. Because, Cesar, you and Amy, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about this. Remember last season with, you know, with the Liga and people were saying that it's boring. Some people are comparing it to MLS, you know, but then we said those uh, wildcard games were a lot of fun, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of, I'm, I'm not necessarily buying that, oh, Liga MX is now boring. There's a lot of factors as to why it is. And also that we haven't mentioned, I, I mentioned it last week, but Wait, remember it sounds when like I was you're looking at this. Where's the devil's advocate part? 
I'm giving you of the, you know, the 12 games. And I'm giving you the, you know, there's no essential and no, you know, so it's like, I think think for the end for me, though, it's just like, I, 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 for, I, I still think it's entertaining. Like, were people not watching the Grusasul like four to one win? The Sholos Toluca game is fantastic. I, I, I actually really enjoyed the Santos America game as well. That was a good game. Think, yeah. Like, I, I think, I mean, that was just the last week. And maybe it's because some of the bigger games, and we've talked about this in previous pods, you know. Monterrey Leon had to be delayed. There was an America game. There's delays, that, yeah. That was delayed as well. Um, also, the way that things have been stretched out too. So as we're talking right now, Leon, you know, the current title holders are playing right now. So we didn't get that to watch over the weekend. Rayados are going to play again until tomorrow. So that's also stretched out a little bit. I think there are just a number of little factors, and I don't know, I'm still, I'm still really enjoying it. You know, I, I, I've enjoyed the how competitive it is, and I don't know, I, I don't have too many issues with it, and I think. And you do look at some of those low-scoring games. I, I think there's a number of reasons why they're low-scoring. I think Carlos also has a point where maybe it's not the video game necessarily, but I think we're also because we're indoors and we're just consuming so much information at such a sure. rapid pace. Like, what's the sure. most interesting thing that you heard this weekend about soccer? I'll give you a hint. Mine didn't have anything to do with Leon Mex. It had to do with a player's last name, right? So it's it's like it's like the way that we consume things is just happening at such a fast. Oh, I got rate. it now. <laughs> I, was, I, I was about to ask you which one I'm like, wait what got it no i got that I can't message say but i think it happens at such an in, like fast rate that you're like oh did you catch that did you catch that and maybe some of those games that are like low scoring or have no goals are gonna seem boring or you're gonna be like you know what i just realized i didn't even i didn't even hear that much about it because maybe you're maybe they're also guilty of not watching every single game um but it's i yeah it's too early i think it's kind of dumb I always find it kind of ridiculous. It's also, uh, to, to Amy's point at the beginning, it's like the 14 hours of preseason. It is. I mean, I was blasted by an America fan because I said, well, obviously, you know, teams, when they come into this tournament, the first, they, they struggle with the first couple of weeks. And it's like, they're professionals. They can recover quick. It's like, no, it's not that easy. Um, <laughs> and, and my favorite argument is when somebody tells me, it's just like Sunday leagues. Like, no, trust me, it's not like Sunday leagues. <laughs> what? Um, and anyway, but to, to that point, I think it's also usually Mexican soccer and, and, and especially in Liga MX is on, on the first division. I mean, the first six, seven games are usually like, eh. and it's not only to you start crunching close to the Liguilla that you see like things start to picking, uh, picking up because you need to get with that in, in with that momentum into the playoffs, right? So most teams like peak at like week 14 and it's like three, four good games and then they look fantastic and you're like, wait, what happened? Like the team that was doing great all of a sudden like started not doing so well. So that happens too. And, and just like, I, I guess I was the only one in this case that I was being devil's advocate saying that I, I felt like a couple of these couple of weeks were slow. Um, but to me, it's normal. It's one of those things like I do feel that they were not in, as entertaining as people will want them to be, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're, oh, it's boring and that's the way it's going. Yeah. But I, I do I do feel that we're slow. And, and, and again, there's a lot of factors that you have to think of, like, well, why, why is this looking the way it is? And I also feel like to, to, the, thing, to, to the thing that Amy is saying about how we consume things nowadays. First, uh, it is proven that the new generation uh, don't sit down and watch games complete. They usually, like, and we do it. We're responsible for this. We're watching the game and you're tweeting. So by default, you're not really not watching the game properly, which is the only difference that I get when I'm actually calling the game because I need to be sitting down and specifically think of all the movements that are happening and like and that makes me look at the game differently. But usually, if I'm just watching mm-hmm. a, a random game, I'm tweeting it too, or like I'm talking to somebody else on on Twitter about like, well, yes, but this is happening, and I don't know, and at that point, you kind of lose your 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 track of mind. And you start fantasizing of all those games that you watch when you were younger, and it's like I remember when Cruz Azul was great. <laughs> And I feel like that's a little bit that of what happens. Uh, so it's so been great. They just haven't won. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like you, you start thinking like, I remember all those games where they played amazing and it was really entertaining. What happened to that? It's like, well, you're just getting older and you start doing that. You do the same with music. Yeah. You're, you're just picking all the good times that you remember as a little kid when you had nothing else to do because there were no cell phones or iPads or anything. So seeing soccer in the, the TV, you're like, this is great. Well, I'm playing Among Us and I'm downloading a GameStop stock right now as we're recording. Now I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're one of those. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Stunks. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh, of course not. <laughs> ah, it's all about Dogecoin. Um, all right, all right. No, no. I. 
like I said, I think it all comes together and just going in there. And one of the things, and I've mentioned this, and really look at the schedule. You're looking at the first four weeks, right? Normally you have like, if Tigres, you know, play someone that's on the top, you know, Leon's not having that great of a start because of uh, uh, some games that obviously you're missing and Monterrey también, Club America. It's like you're seeing the, the teams that were really good last, they're not having the great of a start. I mean, we were raving about Puebla at the beginning. Um, and I also think this was taken into account to kind of have those better matchups coming into week five, week six, when we're starting to see. So the calendar is there because I, I remember look, talking to you, Seth, and we're like, all right, what's a matchup that we have to watch next week? Like, we always ask that. We're like, okay, mm-hmm. this, if it's not your team, it's not the big thing. And I'm not talking about classicals or anything like that, but just like, hey, the number, this this team that's playing really well is going against this team because of this history, right? I, and that's where I just kind of go, yeah, I feel like the even the, the schedule was kind of put together where it wasn't such crazy because Tigres Leon was probably the first, I'm looking at the first week, that was it, but there wasn't anything else. I mean, you had Club America San Luis or Puebla yeah. Guadalajara. I mean, didn't they do that last season too, where they were like a hoping thing? <laughs> it's funny to think about it now, but they were hoping the pandemic would be like controlled and they wanted yeah. fans to be in. I'm pretty sure that's the same technique that, they're doing now. And that kind of makes, I mean, that from a financial standpoint, that kind of makes sense why you would try to have your bigger games like uh later on the season because that's in, in their hopes of opening up stadiums and potentially having more fans and potentially like selling you know, a bunch of tickets because as we've discussed beforehand you know for a lot of Liga Mekis teams you know they could make a you know they still make a lot you know from those uh ticket sales from those individual home games so yeah I think it's I think maybe a few weeks down the line we'll be having a different conversation once we have a few bigger games but yeah obviously I mean we were definitely talking about this in the group chat beforehand about a uh, how it uh, looks like that league can- uh, calendar was like definitely made to have the bigger games uh, happening later on. So if I'm looking at like what, like for example, Juarez has played, it looked like if they were like a really good team, they'd be really good matchups against the teams. Like, like the, ba- the bad teams like San Luis are playing good teams. And yeah, so it's interesting, interesting. But nevertheless, there's always the ones that are saying Liga and is like, I don't get it. You know, it's the ones that are hating on the league. And look, there's rivalries, MLS, and, you know, you, you want to do that. But um, I, I kind of had the question of, so if it was 4-0, 4-1, 6-0, that's what makes it exciting, goals makes it exciting, or do we just want, like, no defense in this league? So it's we're kind of, we kind of like, we, I, I think we just, what we want is intensity. And yes, we may not be seeing that because of, of what's happening around the world. And there's always some kind of scandal, you know, every week in Liga Mekis of a player going out and, you know, someone has COVID. I mean, gosh, even in like our Mexicans abroad, like everyone's had COVID or, or they're out. It's, you know, it's, they're different times. So yeah, just, just a lot of, fa- I mean, just we've, we've all mentioned, but yeah, just obviously numerous, numerous factors here that take into account. Good. All right. So we all kind of agree. Everyone's just kind of hyping it up i try to give devil's advocate but i couldn't so sorry amy i (laughs) I tried to i tried to but i'm just kind of in the same boat um what else is happening this week that's important that you need to know about uh club world cup Club world cup here we go an international tournament where we can ride the you know you know Show our flag, put it on on your flagpole in front of your house, big Not Mexico. No, Al Guzman, don't yeah, you no, dare. Guzman, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> don't you dare. It's funny. And, and Pizarro. Yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. God. Oh my gosh. You know, I this conversation comes up every time, and it's funny because it was it it just kind of started brewing up. And then when they asked the player, but for those of you who don't know, right, you know, obviously Tigres is going and, and is representing Liga MX. Right away, it was like, do Monterrey fans want Tigres to win? And it was like, you know, this conversation of those rivalries where someone, you know, the rival team doesn't want the team to, to win. And, and we get it. Like, I understand why a Monterrey fan would be like, no, I hope they crash out. Because that means that that team in that city it will be doing more than the other team. You know, Monterrey has been there. They've gone up to third place. And, and you know, if, if Gignac does something crazy, if Tigres does something crazy, it's, 
you know, they're, they're representing only Tigres, for example, but we get it. O outside of that, I'm going to be happy no matter what Mexican team, because that's just, you know, that's, that's who I am. And that's, I would say a lot of the same people. We're all going to be rooting for Tigres to go as far as they can, because this is what happens. And I would not expect Monterrey fans to do it. I just want to just say, I want to throw a devil advocate now at this point. Ooh, I am yeah. a huge Tigres feminine fan, obviously. And uh, I mean, I enjoy Tigres winning the CONCACAF Champions League as much as the next person. But I've never understood this like equipo chico thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess when I watched it as a child, I just, I wasn't in that. And then like, even now I'm kind of like, I don't really get it until now where I feel like if you don't want to be seen as you having an inferiority complex, does it this kind of give into that notion that you guys have an inferiority complex because you like have to make these statements? I, that's where I was like kind of annoyed by it. I, I thought I think uh, there was an interesting take from uh, our friends over at Gloop Theatus English uh, that said that, you know, with Nawad answering that, it was a damned if you do and a damned if you don't situation. Like if he did say is like, oh, we're representing, you know, all of Mexico, then, you know, there'd be a significant amount of Liga Mekis fans, especially the Irish fans would be like, no, like there's no way that they're representing. It's not well, like, dude. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Nawad's just being, <laughs> he just he's just having a good time. I don't I don't, I don't think it's a big deal in the end either way. But what was pretty funny, like Carlos mentioned uh, before we started recording, was that uh, you know Semex uh, Mexico's like Twitter account was just like, yeah, they're representing Mexico, and then like I guess like a a rough translation to what Nawal responded with was like, you know, whatever you say, boss. You know, <laughs> I guess it's, it's something along those lines. <laughs> and I, I think on that sense. I always see it, the, the difference between like how I would see it at this point or where I am in my career and what I do and how I fancy it. Mm -hmm. Because this is something I even said when it was like in, in, in the CONCACAF Champions League, on the CONCACAF Champions League, was exactly that. I, me as a fan, like if I was thinking of me as a fan, I don't care what happens with Tigres mm -hmm. at all. Like, I don't care if they win. I don't care if they go. Like, it, it doesn't matter. It's not my team. I don't care as a fan. Like, I absolutely don't care. Really? Because I, if I was a fan, if I'm thinking of it, just completely as a fan. A little, no. no, but not, I mean, but like, like, you're like, look at yourself as a fan. Don't look at yourself as the reporter. Exactly. No, no. Exactly. Really? And me really? as a fan. You don't care? Like, you're nope. not like. Really? I wouldn't even watch it. What? 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 Can we say it, Carlos, or is this like a hidden like what team you you root for? Or is that like hidden? No, no, I mean, no I, yeah, I said it. I'm I'm actually I grew up as a Pumas fan and but I play for Cruz Azul, so I'm always I'm actually super skewed. That's one of the reasons why I think I've done well during this career because I grew up as a Pumas fan, and all of a sudden I find myself playing Pumas every weekend. And I'm like, Wait. yeah, especially the next <laughs> like those are horrible, right? I mean, not horrible. Those are rivalries. Like if I've said the the Mexico City rivalries are rivalries more than the Guadalajara, like and, between players. And no, and in Fuerzas Básicas, when you're playing, yeah. I played up to second division for Cruz Azul. So when you're in third, second division, playing the actual third and second division from Pumas, those games are getting intense. Yeah. So no, yeah. I can't believe like, I'm seeing the beginnings of when Carlos has kids and he gets to tell his kids that he plays second division soccer, like <laughs> Mexican dads. This is awesome. Uh, but but it's real. They're not but your dads real. aren't your dads. <laughs> this is it's like real. Like, it's unlike my. It's dad, unlike my really. dad too. That you know I was. <laughs> third division in leon and i'm like no you were dad you're just telling me I knew that. My dad, my dad like carlos carlos actually did it guys to, my dad waving to the modern meters in the malls if they're buddies i'm like oh no like <laughs> carlos carlos actually did it all right sorry carlos go ahead so again like i i'm the worst i'm the worst example when i think about it like me personally but as a fan i know i know exactly that you're like but you know if it's if it's not my team doing it then i i don't care like it's it's fine but I, I just don't care. Like it, it doesn't hit hmm. me either way. Maybe that maybe, maybe it's because you were a player. I, I guess. But I think my, I think that's got to be it. <laughs> you, you weren't a regular fan. You actually played for a team. <laughs> no, but that's, I think it will be backwards. No, no, I think that's because I was gonna say it's it might be like a like a generational thing because maybe because I like grew up here in the U.S. and kind of like exist in two worlds. I'm kind of like oh this is kind of cool. Like this will be True. a good moment for Mexico. Whereas I think maybe, you yeah, know you're more hardcore. You're more hardcore America fan. Is like nah I don't care. Like this could be a good study. Like we in the United States like. Anything Mexico, we're like, it's mine. I want to do it. You know, Mexico's True. in the like, yeah. So, you know, it's like, we don't get it that often. You know what I mean? Maybe. Exactly. Maybe. And, and that's your thing. Like, yeah. when, uh, me as a player, I actually will be happy that Tigres does something well because in, in, the, mm. in the biggest stage, in the bigger, in the bigger uh, scope of things, 
what we're really seeing is that they do represent the Liga MX. MX, yeah. And they do represent the level of the Liga MX. It's like, oh, these kind of teams is what the teams play there. Even if it's even if this is a best team in the league, at least that's the level of, of, of play that we see. So there's center kind of respect from outside watching, saying like, oh, you know what? The Mexican League actually has a pretty decent, a pretty decent level. That that's a player in me thinking like, well, it, it, it is important for Mexican soccer for them to see that Mexican soccer is in a place where it's competitive. Yeah. But but as a fan, it's like, well, if you win, that's not like what do I get out of it? Like that you mm -hmm. rub it in my face when I play you? No, I don't care. So yeah. that's that that's where I am. But I do think that them as players and going into it, there is the idea that they're not only representing Mexico, they're representing CONCACAF. Like yeah. they're representing the whole CONCACAF. It's like I'm the best team in CONCACAF. Oh, I no, we're go. taking it too far, Carlos. No, okay. But that is the but at the end, it's like that's I don't that's, know. That's, 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 that's the truth. If all of a sudden Atlanta United got it and they're in there, and I'm like, if there are no Mexicans playing in Atlanta United, I'd be like, yeah, get out. <laughs> if, if you're gonna, see, if you're exactly, gonna get the start, it's exactly doing the same. It's exactly doing the same thing as a fan. There, there is no, that, but that's a, but, but that's because they're in the MLS and it's a rival league. Exactly. Here it will be like, well, Tigres won and beat Pumas at this uh, the stadium, and they still think that that's the best thing that they right, ever, even though so they win three zero. So it's the same let, thing. Let's say it, let's say it's a it's like a like a Honduras team, right? That a Honduran team that made it to the Club World Cup. Like I kind of want them to go all the way because yeah. they're Latino. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, you're like, come on, stick it to them. Okay, like, but wait, wait. So, if we go to the example of the MLS, what happens if it's Seattle Sounders? Yeah, no. And Pineda is coaching them. Oh, that's different. Yeah. Pineda ah. is different. No, that's so, different. Because you're because throwing, we're you're throwing us Mexican content. We're we're we're, we're, ta we're attaching the Mexicanness on there. <laughs> yeah, but that's you know why I mean? that's why I meant that they represent us leagues. That's why it's not really a, a national thing. You see what I'm saying? Especially True. in club at club level. Because here is like Gignac is the is the insignia of it. Like every time somebody wraps into the flag, I'm like, you realize that when they're gonna win the title, there's gonna be a podium with Ecuadorian flags and Colombian yeah. flags and France flags. That's like they represent Mexican soccer, but they don't represent the country as a no. whole. No, and I think country. yeah, and I, and I think that's where it's at. Like I'm not saying that oh, you have to wrap a Mexican flag around around Nahuel, right? Not at all. But well, there is some. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and and it's and and I and the, but the fact that it's a Liga MX team, like a Mexican team, won the Club World Cup. Regardless if you're a Rayados, you know you just kind of go, that's our league that won it. And yeah, you're not gonna root for it, right? But it's 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 and and I would get it. And, you know, you it goes back to like Chivas and America fans, right? Or when people said, you know, Real Madrid cares less with Barcelona. That's it's a little extreme out there because they're. It's it's different on that rivalry, um, but I mean, I, I I would imagine if they were to win a club world cup, all the teams would have some sort of like congratulations thing, and regardless yeah, of yeah. their fans thought, I think that's yeah, maybe also not. No, not I think you know, Rayados. I think it'll be. I, I guarantee. You, let, let's say if they win, I think Classy Rayados would be like, hey, congratulations, you know. Yeah. And thank Hopefully. you for representing Monterrey, right? Thank you for yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for representing the University of Autonomo in Nuevo León. All um, I know is like you know that you know that image of Rob Lowe with an NFL hat. That'll be me, but with a league, like a Liga Mekis logo on a hat, like while I'm watching the Club World Cup. Like, hi. <laughs> uh, maybe you guys remember, but I when Pachuca won the Sudamericana, like that was ecstatic. Like, uh, like finally an international tournament in South America that that a Mexican team won. And everyone was celebrating. Now, granted, Pachuca doesn't have like a how big rival, right? But I, I, I remember, you know, everyone the next day just saying, look, these guys did it. And most, you know, I think we're looking at the team. There were not that many Mexicans in the team. Um, you have, you have, more or less, right? I mean, at least four or five stories. Yeah, but, it, but yeah, but you had, you had, a, you, you, you had, you know, Jimenez, and, you, you and had Chilindrina, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Calero. Like it was a very good South American Mexican team. Like all those that we're mentioning, I think got their Mexican passports, didn't they? Like, yeah, you know, it was. Now it, they do. It, yeah, well, at least now they do. But, but it was, you know, I mean, some even played for the national team. <laughs> so it was, it was when they won. It was kind of funny. And even if when Chivas was there. Like when she was with the, as a, on the final of, of 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 Libertadores, or when Cruz Azul was in the final of Libertadores, I didn't hear the you know if they win or maybe because maybe I didn't I didn't pay attention to it, but I didn't hear the like oh you're now you're only representing this team because when it's Libertadores, um you know we were all there when Tigres was there we were pissed off that they didn't win 
Well, I, I think there's also, especially in the case of Grosul, because I was, ju- I left, I left the team a year before they played Libertadores. Yeah. And social media didn't exist because that's exactly why I said mm-hmm. it. It's like I was playing soccer 17 years ago. Social media didn't exist, so we really have a gauge of what happened because obviously sure. wh- whatever you watch mm-hmm. on the on the mainstream media was to hype them up. And even if they went and talked to, let's go find the Chivas fans that are going to say, yes, Cruz Azul, go into it. Let's go find them. And they did the same. And they did the same thing went for Chivas. So it's still like social media was not a prevalent thing. And to to why Pachuca, Pachuca also, it was 2006 when this happened. So yeah. it still, so still wasn't, it still wasn't like a, like a mainstream thing. And I think specifically in the case of Pachuca, I think one of the things that goes back to what Amy was saying about being an equipo chico, it's that. There's, yeah. no, there's no reason to hate on, on, on Pachuca because Pachuca was that team. Mm-hmm. That was the first team ever. And then they were in relegation for so long. They came back. They were obviously financially very well backed up. And that's why they became a, a good team. And they kind of died out. But Tigres has tried to make a campaign to be the villain, right? Like yeah. Tigres has tried to position themselves. The way I see Monterrey and Tigres nowadays is like the, the same phenomena historically that happened in England with, Man- with the Manchesters. Because both Manchester United and Manchester City are two teams in the north of the country that the Londoners think are like, oh, those guys are from the town and we don't care about them. And all of a sudden it becomes the most winning team in, in, in Premier League history. And the other one is the noble reach that becomes a, a powerhouse. And now they dominate, right? So I, that would be the only analogy I could see there. And you could ask Londoners, and they're like, we still hate the Manchester teams just because they're nobodies. <laughs> Even though like, as a global brand, they're so big. And I think here is, here is kind of the same thing, that they, they think like Tigres has made this effort to try to be more global and bigger and, and better and better than everybody else. So we just don't care about them. And especially now in, in, in social media days, it's a lot easier to hate on them than if you were just sitting watching games like they used to. Yeah, and for me, it's really exciting. I mean, I personally, me with my Rob Lowe NFL hat that has a Liga Mekis logo on it, it's really exciting because, I don't know, it's just it's just imagining a Liga Mekis team going up against a Libertadores, or going up against potentially Bayern Munich. And, and and for me, when I'm looking at Tigres, I mean, so this Thursday, they're going to be going up against uh, Elsan uh, Hyundai from the K-League. The other Tigres. Uh, you mean the Tigres, the Korean Tigres? The Korean, the Korean Tigres. Tigres, yeah. I was actually talking to someone earlier today who does coverage for K-League, and he said that a couple people were ca- calling it the the, the, uh, the Tiger Derby. Because, uh, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> but I think, I think for me with Tigres, it's just heading into this club world cup. It's just like, for me, it's like a now or never kind of moment. Like you have all these aging players, you have this aging roster. I think with Thuka, you kind of like hit a point where it's just like, I don't know, is he becoming predictable? Is he, is he lacking some sort of creativity that, I mean, is it just going to, are they at their very peak right now or slightly past their peak? So I'm excited to see what they can do. Obviously they, we can't be, assuming that they're going to automatically go up against Bayern Munich or go up against, you know, Palmeiras, you know, they, they still have to get the job done uh, against Olsan uh, Hyundai this Thursday. But that being said, when um, I was chatting to yeah, Ryan Walters, um, who does the uh, English content for the K league, he did seem to really be uh, negative regarding Olsan. <laughs> he said that there was a lot of turnover regarding the team right now, and there are a lot of question marks, so it could potentially get ugly for them against the Igadis this Thursday. They ha- they're not only the same, um, and we can start talking a little about the game now, but what you're saying, they're not only like the mascots are the same, but I hear their coach are the same, that they don't want to waste players on this tournament, <laughs> like Tuca. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> they have their own Tuca. That, uh, yeah, it looks like some of the starters, some of the, it's only homegrown players that are going, this is the time for, uh, you know, Tigres to make a statement on the world scene if we're looking at it. So I want to talk to you guys, you know, what do you, what are your expectations? We always say, Hey, can you get to that semifinal? Can you get to a final maybe, but looking at the Libertadores champions and I go to you, Carlos, uh, I'm not saying we're going to win the first game already, but I've never seen an easier path to the final. Or at least more leveled. Right. Right. Uh, I'll say that. I I don't think, but even then, the fact that you're talking about the, the South American teams and, and how they got to the final, especially thinking how they played River and, and Boca on the semis, and then these two Brazilian teams, to me, if you go by the continent, to me, the Brazilian league is the most competitive, is the one that has the most level, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's hard to argue that just because Brazilians are such great players. So, but even then, I feel like it's a little more, it's a little more equal, not necessarily the same, but it's, it's enough for Tigres to actually compete and be able to make it to the final. And that's that's the advantage. But the biggest problem is the same that 
they can't get ahead of themselves. And it's something that happens to Mexican teams very often because it's a long trip and you get there. And even though you've already been there practicing for three, four days, it's not the same. And you're still, your body's still getting adjusted. So you have to focus on winning that first game. Once you focus on that, then you can think about, okay, where am I to, to face this one? And luckily you're, you're finding a team that just had to play their international mm -hmm. tournament now. Luckily for them, it was, you know, so, somewhat home, but Brazil is such a big country that even a trip from, Oh, yeah. from Palmeira to, to, to Rio, it's, it's, it's a three, four hour flight. So I think that that's the only advantage for Tigres, find, finding themselves in a position where they can play a team, as, as, as Cesar was saying, that's coming with a lot of problems and they can, they can take care of business, but doing the things they're supposed to do and then go and play and play and focus on the Libertadores rival without thinking of Bayern Munich. You, the, the one thing that Tigres has to avoid is thinking of Bayern Munich. If they think like, oh, how are we going to beat Bayern Munich? They already lost the tournament. Yeah, agreed. At least, and for me, I just keep thinking about like the different storylines. Obviously, they have to get the job done against Ulsa, but it looks like they could potentially do that. And I feel like against Palmeiras, like I know it's not taking part in the actual Libertadores, but there's like a slight little storyline there with redemption for what happened in 2015. And maybe just, I know it's not actually winning it, but just being able to say that they've beaten a Libertadores winner. And then I know I'm going to get ahead of myself here saying it's against Bayern Munich in the final, but I wonder if, if there are any... Yeah, you know, members of Tigres' squad that looked at what Rayados did uh, against Liverpool in the last Club World Cup. I think some some of us could even make the argument that Rayados even outplayed Liverpool to like for you know periods of time in that game and actually did quite well in that two to one loss. And I wonder if they saw that they like now in this opportunity think, well, if Rayados can do that, you know, our our rivals, our team, like, this this rival from like across the across the city, like. Why can't we be competing with some of the best you know, in the world? Why can't we be an elite team? Not saying that they would be the favorites against Bayern Munich. And once again, they got to get the job done against Alsan. They got to get the job done in the semis. But if they were to do that, be the first League of Vegas team to make it to the final and to potentially even just play well, like I wonder if they're feeling even confident after seeing what uh, what Rayados did in the last Club World Cup. So that's 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 all that's what's coming to mind when I'm thinking of those two games. But yeah, once again, got to get the job done against Alsan. Wouldn't surprise me, Thigdis being Thigdis, allowing a late goal, maybe being a little too overconfident, maybe not finishing, capitalizing on key chances. And you might not have someone like Carlos Gonzalez on the bench because we still don't know if he's going to be available. We'll see how fully fit Gignac is. He's back to training, training with the full team, but maybe he won't be 100%. So we'll see what happens Thursday. I'm feeling hopeful. It'll I be at feeling, 6 a.m., so I got to wake up early too. I'm That's feeling okay. hopeful. Cesar's got me riled up now. We're gonna yeah. beat. You're gonna beat Hyundai because they don't have anybody. And then comes Palmeiras, who've been traveling a long time, and they're jet lagged. And they're gonna be afraid of COVID, and they're just not gonna be mentally into it. So then we're gonna go into you know to against a German team. And Mexico versus Germany. Pff, it's just how it is. So <laughs> hey, you know what? Carlos Sancedo hey, already beat. Uh... <laughs> yeah, Carlos Sancedo already beat there. I'm sure there's some players there in the Germany squad that just has this. You know, mine against like, oh, Mexicans beat us every time now. That's just how it is. So, it, you know, it's counting out. Theater is the winner. We're going to come back. The Mexican flags all over the place. There's going to be a parade. And <laughs> <laughs> all right, no, no, no. That's, that'd be kind of cool. But um, I, I do see it. This is, I, I'm, I'm excited for this match. Um, you, you know what the best thing about this is that Duca is coaching. And but here's 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 where I see where I think we have an advantage with it's not a home and away. Tuca's always been like, <laughs> well, I'll just close it, I'll just close it at home, or I'll just do my best. And I feel Tuca, but I feel like this is it. It's one game, so we're gonna see Tuca doing everything he can to win a game because I hate Tuca when he's just trying to like, and I think that's been Tuca's weakness in home and aways, but when there's finals, when they're when it's just one game. I kind of go back to the, that Mexico, you know, when Tuca was in that, when that Coca-Cola uh, going to to the um, what was that Mexico versus the U.S. game, right? It was only it's a, it was just a one elimination game. Like mm -hmm. that's yeah. the type of Tuca that I like. Let's see what what he does. So, um, I'm expecting him. I, I I think to go to go to the final. I don't want to say that's counted, but that's where that's where I'm looking at. I think we have the the caliber of the team, and hopefully they're playing well. They're rested, and they're ready to go. And We'll see. We'll see what happens. Amy, where do you see this team? Tell us. Honestly, I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to wake up at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I want to make sure I watch this game. So that's 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 my priority. I want to make it at home and get up in time. <laughs> <laughs> I think normally like these games are in Japan and we're waking up like at two or three in the morning. 
Yeah. Or you stay up late. That's what I usually do. And I'm like, how am I going to stay up? Till three in the morning? Yeah. I stayed up till like 2.30 yesterday. Watched the Big Bang Theory finale. It made me cry. It was nice. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. man. I can't stay up till like two in the morning. I I wake up the next day. I guess we're talking about Big Bang Theory. We should probably move on to Liga Mekis. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? All right, guys. Yes, yes let's go. Liga Mekis. Carlos, what's going on with Chivas? Chivas, That's... Carlos. Well, oh, yes. It, it's... Other than the fact that they're giving me great TikTok content, I, I need to know what's going on with them. I mean, what's going on with them is the exact same thing that's happened with them last season. Like, that's that's it. I don't... I don't... I've been saying, I've been talking about it, I guess, for the past couple of weeks because a lot of people, like, focus on two, three players, which I love because it's like... Chivas can score goals, so they definitely should get rid of Tiba and Ponce and Molina. It's like, <laughs> wait, hold on. So you're saying that the problem is offense, so let's sit down the defense. That makes perfect sense. And and that's one of the things that I, I feel, yes, Tiba has made some mistakes. Obviously, he's a, he's a younger player. People don't understand the role of Ponce and why there's gaps behind him. And mm-hmm. But Ponce is a player that works a lot. And you can even see it, like, I, I made this... Uh, exercise by mistake because I was looking for a video for for Chofis now that he's in the San Jose Earthquakes and I went through all my Chivas training video and when you go to the Chivas training video the four players are always the first ones in line and working the hardest are Chapo Sanchez, Ponce, Molina and El Pollo. Every single time there's any like physical exercise they are in front and like carrying the hardest weights so I'm like there's the, the problem with Ponce is that he plays in a role where the player in front of him usually doesn't help him on defense. So if they kind of overlap or he needs to go into the offense, there's always a gap behind him. So you feel that there's a mistake with him. Beyond makes- that, be, and even even it happened in this game, the game against Juarez, the, the second goal happens because they try to find Ponce in a long ball, horrible long ball. The ball bounces in front of Ponce, goes over his head. He tried to save it. He, sh- he should have stayed. Like that was His problem was trying to help. If he just stayed and let it go and get back on his position, nothing will happen. But because he ran to it and said, I can, I can get this, the ball bounced in front of him. He tried to stop it. He couldn't. The moment they played that ball back, I think it was Antuna that was in front of him or Alexis Vega, he walked. And when, and when he walked, they played that ball behind him and he was done. And then the mistake looked like it's Ponce because they found you on the, on the left back position. I want to I want to ask because like I know because obviously he's been paying a lot more attention than we have because like for me am I wrong in thinking I mean obviously the the San Luis game the three to one loss so was like that was probably like the worst game I've seen for them under Vucetich but am I wrong in thinking that like they did okay in creating chances against Puebla they did okay in creating chances against the Luca and this game I mean they hit the post like what two times at a number of shots but is it just like is it the final product because I feel like they're not playing and maybe i'm being too nice here i feel like they haven't been playing terribly maybe i'm looking too much into the numbers not really looking at what's happening on the field but other than that san luis game i feel like they've been doing all right and maybe they could build up to something here but i don't know it's just i, I feel like there's there's a lot of i feel like people are being a little bit dramatic we and i know you commented on that one thing that i posted i forgot which newspaper was just saying that like you know it was a fatal start for chivas but obviously yeah it's not ideal to have two draws and two losses but i feel like i can find little things where like eventually it's gonna click right like eventually that it's just maybe they're just capitalizing on chances but that's my problem i think that they i was expecting the same last last season i'm like okay they have this team and and when you look at the names you have antuna you have vega they're doing well or they're players that usually bring something they have macias but then all of a sudden one game goes, two game, three, four, five, six, seven, and they don't seem to click. And I'm talking specifically on the attack to, to look to, that there's some, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like there, there's, they're being effective. They haven't been being effective. Because when I look at this Juarez game, for example, Juarez had come from, a, from playing four days before. They were obviously tired, and you could tell because they gave up 15 dead ball situations. But when you can only put two of them on frame, there's, there's obviously there something that is not clicking. And even even those dead ball situations happen because you can't send a cross. They will bounce it on somebody. They will let the defender get there. And the goal comes from one cross that they put and the one time that Macias was actually inside the box. And that was something I commented on during the game that I feel like for whatever reason, Macias tried to get involved in the game way too much. But then when he drops out of his position, opens the ball wide. Well, yes, he gave it to Alexis Vega. He made a great play there. But then Alexis Vega looks up and there's nobody in the middle because he just moved from that position. There's nobody crashing that. So there's a tech, to me, there's a tactical component there that they're not clicking together. And 
it happened with Tena and it happened with Busetich. And sometimes I feel like it's not that the players are bad. It's the fact that they don't, for whatever reason, they just don't work together. And that happens. Like sometimes the chemistry isn't there. And at this point, I just feel like ha there has to be something because what the lineup that they saw this weekend, if that lineup didn't work to actually be able to create a lot of chances and score goals, no other lineup is going to do it. Because other people, were the, the players that are asking from the bench, I'm like, that's player for player. It's not, there's not a big change. You're still putting the same, like, the same players in the positions that are offensive. So what's going to be different? That you're going to have Mayorga stepping a little better than Ponce? So what? When Alexis Vega loses the ball and Mayorga is up, what do you think is going to happen? So I don't know. I, I still feel like it's, it's something in the way everything is clicking together that it's a lot of good players and it's just not, it's just not working. And we'll, we'll see. I, I feel like if they were able to find a, a couple of games, like two, three games where they could score a couple of goals and look solid, I think that the confidence will also come back because there's a lot of criticism. And obviously being in Chivas, the, the pressure mounts us on. You're always, you know, people always talk about you. So I think that that's also taking a toll on the team. Uh, Carlos, what, what are the four again that are always in line with that you said? The four players that are always, you know, the ones that are the first and weights and are leaders? The no, well, the the players that the players that pe the the people you saw the training. Oh, you, you will see Ponce, mm -hmm. Chapo Sanchez, Jesus Molina, and El Pollo Briseño. I was like, those are the guys with the best bodies, guys. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, exactly. <laughs> this guy went on a whole rant about how Chivas is just not it right now, and you're focused on <laughs> it. Just makes sense. Briseño's buff. And I was like, why? Well, he, he's the first one with the weights. Carlos is saying it. I was yeah, like, it's just, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just that Leon's going to go up against uh, at Chivas. Uh, what is it on, on the eight? So Wiso's finding a way to really, like, you know, just, uh, you know, push back any kind of like positive thoughts about Chivas, like right now. She's like, no, nah, no, nah, they're just <laughs> worried. Just... Yeah, you got to make it a top 12 to make it to league. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> as a fan, I'm the same way. Eh, it's fine. It's a slow start. We'll see what happens. I, uh, there's always been a common theme here in the Mexican soccer show is that Chivas, we're always talking about what is wrong with that team. We, we have great players, but it's sometimes about, it's all about clicking. I, I feel like, you know, there's, they've had great coaches. They've won championships. It's, Chivas is always, always fun to talk about. I mean, it's, 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 it's Liga Mekis though. I think just because of the short season structure, you know, Chivas can get a couple wins and they'll like, skyrocket you know up uh, the league table i mean it's the same thing with like cruz azul i mean look at the conversation that all of us are having many of us are having about cruz azul then they get a four four to one win and we're like oh yeah they're back cabecita's back you know it's just like it it's just uh i th forget what what newspaper said it was like it was a blue symphony you know just uh cruz azul get, getting that that four you that reading four all these all these diarios Cesar, man. I, I got too much free time man uh, <laughs> Letting us know on that is we'll see. Hey, really quick. So if Chivas was in the Club World Cup, since they're all Mexican, we couldn't be Carlos. We still wouldn't be like a full Mexican team won the Club World Cup. Well, as a fan, no. Yeah. Gee. No, no. Oh, if it's not my, if it's not my team, I, I, the, the rest is like, well, good for them. Uh, I don't hate them, but yeah. Interesting. Really like this. This is a really strong feeling you have you're so I think, nice carlos That's i wonder cool. i wonder like, if it's, i, I mean, don't care about nobody so. we talk i think we can have like a we can have a podcast just on like club versus country thoughts and i just feel like, like we can have a whole oh. podcast just asking carlos scenarios like wait wait what about this <laughs> but if you were in this carlos. scenario what would you do <laughs> <laughs> carlos your kid is playing <laughs> oh that one's and, great and you go i don't care I'm a fan, not a this father. One, this, this one is great. This one is great because my my wife my wife is American. Mm -hmm. uh, I obviously live here in the U.S. So my kids by default will have double nationality, not just because they were born in the U.S., but because they were actually have a side of their family is American, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people ask me, it's like, so when your kids play play soccer, like who are they? I was like, listen, first of all, they have to be good. We don't know if they're gonna be good. They could be good at I don't know fencing. So what? Mm -hmm. But my point is like if it, if they, let's say that they're playing soccer, let's say they're amazing at playing soccer, and they were called by both national teams that they got to pick. I mean, I I, oh. I will I will skew them to go with a Mexican team. But in the reality is, if I go look at the Mexican team and say who's who's running this show, 
do I really trust this coach? Do I trust yeah. the federation? Nah, I'm just going to live in the U.S. Or if it's backwards, you know what? I don't really feel that the U.S. national team because they're doing this and this and that. That would be the reality of the thing. But as a fan, it's like, if they had the choice to go either way, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm more Mexican, right? But it's a, it's a scenario that they always show to me. It's like, but your kids are actually American. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I think there's an obsession on that. Like, it's like, but. And I'm like, no, just, just because they're born one place doesn't mean that we're, okay, we're done. It's like, it's on both sides, too. And my friends are just like, but you live in the U.S. How do you not root for the U.S.? I'm just like, are you serious? So you move from Chicago. Are you rooting for the Phoenix teams? No. <laughs> like, it's the same thing. Sports are sports. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I a mean, deeper, it's a deeper conversation, too. Just, like, growing up, you, like, look at one team, the other team, and you're like, hmm, one team looks like me. The other one doesn't. You know, like, <laughs> 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 They're starting to look a little more like us outside of the U.S. Yeah, I was telling yeah, you, it's the U.S. team. And of course, just like the, the club versus country thing, maybe for us, maybe I wonder if more Liga Mekis fans in the U.S. would root for Thigetis than Liga Mekis fans in, in Mexico because Liga Mekis fans, I'd like you mentioned, we so just like anytime we see something Mexican, we're like, yes, we're proud. We're Mexican. Whoa, let's go. Let's go, Mexico. Yeah. But like, but maybe it's a little different. Like if you're born in Mexico and raised in Mexico and like still live in Mexico, we'd be like, mm, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it's yeah. not too long. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's, that's crazy to say that. Um. I root for the U.S. Women's National Team, so yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 it's complicated, man. It's complicated. I do, and I think there. I think I did a poll, and like ninety percent of people in Mexico also, they, you know, of, of women's soccer players, they they root for the the U.S. National Team in women's because um, they're 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 awesome. We'll see how it is. All right, all right. We're getting already notes. Um, all right. Other talking points. Uh, Mexicans abroad. Really quick updates on Raúl Jiménez, Amy. That wasn't the note that was written to you, but okay, we can talk about Oh, Liga MX stuff. My bad. It's fine. No, uh, yeah. no, Liga MX. Cesar will cover it on Thursday. Say, well, really quick, I'll, I'll just add in just really quick. I mean, we, I think we could just talk for like a minute. I could just mention we could jump to the back to 59 front. seconds. <laughs> America, they got, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Fidalgo, a Real Madrid a Youth Academy player. <gasps> oh. uh, I think that'll be interesting. Someone to keep an eye on. Uh, Santos, they got Ibadwin in the middle of their of their match against Abedica. That was kind of uh, fascinating right there. But I think what from... in the world was that? Also, I just want to say, Sorry, I tried click, to reach click. out. I tried to reach out to a Santos, <laughs> to a Santos sports... representative. <laughs> to a Santos representative, and they said no comment. All right, for yeah. those of us who don't know, what happened? It was, was a player. Was, okay, a player. No, so Santos versus America is happening, right? Blah blah blah. Game, game, game. Passes, passes, passes. And all of a sudden, you see America tweet out, and this is during the game. Thank you, Ibarwin, for everything you've done. And you're just kind of like, all right, that's kind of strange. Never was he? Before. Was he playing in the game? <laughs> that was my Ooh. joke. I was like, was he in the bench? And <laughs> was he in the bench and he got up, and took out the other jersey, and walked to the other side? Like, like Chicharito with uh, Manchester, with Manchester United. United? Oh my god. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. So no, they, no, no. So they tweet that out and you're just kind of like, okay, that's kind of strange. And then like at halftime, something's like, you know, welcome Ibarwin. And you're just kind of like, yeah, where, so where's Ibarwin? Is he, is he at the game? Is he just standing in the middle? I mean, I hope he was. If you're already going to move, <laughs> might as well just do it there, right? If you're already there, just and you go, it. Can you knock on it? Hey, can I get? Can I join you guys on a bus? What's up? <laughs> no, you get you, you get to the game in the America bus, and when you're yeah, leaving, like, America I'm tells you pack all your things. You're moving. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going? I don't know. You're out. But yeah, that was. I think that was like. Yeah, that was more interesting. And that representative was Tom Marshall, and he said no comment. He said <laughs> like no I comment. thought. I really thought we were friends, Tom. Like we were watching all that game. He could have been like, "Hey guys, this is what's happening." No. <laughs> Was that? He doesn't even trust us. We thought we might leak it because I would have leaked it. Oh my gosh, it would have been funny. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, by the way, this is happening. Sources say <laughs> one of our best friends now works at Santos. Well, yeah, I, think wait, I, I will never say sources says when it's something about Matias Almeida. I never said that. <laughs> ah. Carlos is a guilty conscience. We weren't even talking about Carlos. that. <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> but, but really quickly, just to close things out with the uh, league in my case before we talk about uh, the Mexicans about to wrap things up. Uh, quick shout out to Cholos for their three-two win over Toluca because that was that was definitely I think the highlight that was of the league exciting. Yeah, that was probably the first 25 minutes between that game was probably the most like intense and fun league like league of Mechies game I've seen in like so far in the first four weeks. So 
Also, yeah, Cholos so- had something going on this weekend because Feminil also took over with like five goals in like the first half. So there's something going on in Cholos over there. I mean, we've been having some rain out here. There's like snow in the mountains. There's something odd going on over here in the Tijuana San Diego area. But but yeah, shout out to to Cholos uh, for getting that that one because I did definitely didn't expect that from them. But yeah, that was like the best 25, 30 minutes I've I've seen from from them in months, maybe even years. I don't know. It's definitely good. Also, we said just to let you know, Leon is tied against Atletico San Luis 0 0 right now. So, Jeez. Really? That's zero? Oh my gosh. What's happening with Leon? They're, they're, they're using their third stringers and they hadn't played in two weeks. I mean, of course, you're going to look a little rusty. <laughs> all right, all right. Mexico's abroad. Now, Amy, can you give us an update on Raul? Sorry, Amy. I cut you off. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, update now. It looks, I know before we saw no pictures, we just saw an update, what, like two weeks ago, saying that he was doing like physical exercises of some sort. Now we're seeing him kind of just hitting the weight room. He was doing some weights. He posted it himself. Wolves posted it. Um, so still no timeline. We're not getting anything in terms of that, but he, he does look better. I think even today, you know, from like a personal standpoint, he was like tweet, like Instagramming about how he's like making food and everything. So I think they're rounding a corner. It's the, t- you know, the end of the tunnel is not near by any chance or by any means, I would assume, but it looks like he's starting to get some kind of activity in there, which the, is promising. The, the club said it could be minutes they, a season. Well, Espirito Santo did say that they wanted him to play before the season ends. Yeah. They're, they were hopeful about that. Gosh, he, I mean, that's like, crazy. They're passing. Yeah. I mean, there's, he, I, I think he alluded to that. I think he said something like they're, they're fascinated at the fact how well he's doing, like on a, all the exams and like passing all the, you know, the tests, the cerebral tests or whatever. So um, I'm still hesitant about it, but I mean, obviously they know what they're doing. It's so unknown. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, you well, know, you're head injury. You know, you, know they, you break a knee and you're like, okay, well, yeah, everything you'll be back in October. But with this, it just, I hate to be that person, just be like. Yeah, because they said like, okay, we want, we hope to, for him to play by the end of the season, at, at some point before the season ends. But then somebody did ask them about like, is there a helmet protocol or have you guys been discussing that? And he's like, no, that's not even part of the conversation. So oh it's man, like, hey. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But it's it's a, such a different aspect to it. And I know we'll, we'll wrap up really quick because you, if it's physical, you train that muscle, you train your bones, not bones, but you know, you it's there right but when it becomes something it's when it's mental like you know the the psychological aspect of things right and then also the timing of your your, of of how you're thinking and does that affect it like you know are you a different player because like it's just hopefully everything comes back and and you know he, he comes back the way that he was that he was but it's since it's such a such a different topic you know and is there that fear you know that because it's a head injury, things can be different. I so, also just uh, himself as a player. I mean, I, you know, there, he wasn't, how do you say this in a positive way? Like he wasn't reckless by any means, but he did try to score by any means. Right. And that kind of led to that ultimate unfortunate mm-hmm. incident between David Luis. And so you think of it also from him as like a player, if they tell you, Hey, take it easy. Are you really going to want to, because your objective as a, as a player is to, to go all out. Yeah. Yeah. Or does that, you know, somehow, and I'm not comparing it to anything, but I, I, every time I go by this intersection where, where a guy like T-boned me, I, my body automatically reacts completely different. Like, I'm always like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is going to come, you know, because I'm, I, that impact from, from years ago, well, years ago, yeah, two years ago, that just kind of stuck with me. I avoid that intersection just because it gives me this weird, like, does that play into, I mean, there's so much that we don't know. And, uh, I mean, seeing him train, I, you know, smiling and cooking and, um, don't want to be selfish as to when to be back playing, but at the same time, it, at least as as a human, he's recovering as a human being, right? Outside of the field, like it looks like everything is is there with his family and he's cooking and everything. So that's a positive. So we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, I I actually had an ACL tear and I'm still playing soccer and running five miles, like because at some point you you convince yourself that you want to be, and that's another thing. I feel like when you have that competitive edge and you're at that level, you want to yeah. be back. You can't be without it. Mm-hmm. So it's backwards. It's, it's wait, but I want to, it's like, no, you got to take it, but I want to go and, and you can go like when they clear you, if they clear you, cause it, it's different if they tell you, you can't do it. Yeah. If you can't do it. Then you have to go through that process of accepting you can't do it. 
But if they tell you you can do it, just you know, this is a progression that you have to have. You work hard towards that end, and you'll eventually get there, and yeah. you you'll be able to do it. And and nothing like cha- things change a little bit in this specific case. I don't think so because of the way the injury happened. Because that's another thing. Like he has no idea this happened. Like there's no fear on his head of like, oh, if I go to this play, like this is gonna happen to me because mm-hmm. he was literally standing and then he blacked out. Yeah. And I think that helps because at some point it's like, oh, crap, that happened to me. And you don't remember. It's it's not. And, and there's been players that, I mean, Peter Cech went through that. Christian Kibu went through that. You Have have you ever seen like the, the scar that Christian Kibu has yeah. on his head? Yeah. yeah. And he played for Inter for another six, seven years at really top level, even winning a Champions League. So I don't necessarily think that it's something that could stop him. Um, it obviously, there's no guarantee that he's going to come back at the same level where he was. And to me, that's the only kind of, problematic thing for him where you you were already in such a good place and you have to build yourself back to that place because that's not going to happen overnight yeah and and also being 29 years old even though it's, it's still a young person is not so young as a player you don't have a lot of space in front of you and in your playing career so he's going to have a good quality of life obviously because things were in his favor and he he was able to have surgery and and, and, and be back uh, at, at full recognition and, and, and all his mobility and everything but there there is there is a factor where it's like he might not be the same player or at least he's not going to come back to the level where we saw him kind of like what happened with Falcao the same with the LCL tear Falcao was destroying the league and all of a sudden he got the ACL tear and, and he never be, he, he was never the same player again yeah so that's that's a factor that might play in but I think in terms of like fear and going in and, and playing I think he's he's definitely going to be fine well, there we go. It's good to see uh, give us a perspective of a player. Carlos, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining our podcast. You don't read my notes, do you? Cesar still had more things to say what? about Mexicans abroad. Where are notes? I don't see any more notes. A few more highlights. What are you talking about? I was I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, is it that important? I was like, yeah, it's kind of important. Well, really quick, like like a minute or two, uh, I think from like the, the Mexicans abroad, I mean, you got to give a Shout out to for Herrera for coming back back on the field for Atleti. Mm-hmm. Tecatito getting another highlight worthy goal over the weekend. <laughs> no, um, another one. Add another thing. I know, right? It's just I mean. Oh wait, he's getting his EU passport. Oh, yep. is he really? Oh, yes, well, that's big. Which Arsenal? Let's go. Which <laughs> fun? Which I'm just kind of like Diego Linus got his EU passport for Tecatito. Yeah. How is that? Because he plays in Spain. Yeah, it's a, it's a Spain pick, yeah. Ah, that's right. Dang it. Yeah. Finally, Tecatito gets to see your passport. That was a big news, and I was, I, I was ecstatic. Yeah. But I think I think for me, just like... And he's going to stay in Porto for the rest oh, of his life. God, I hope not. <laughs> but, but, what? I, we were talking about this. Let the man be happy. Man's thriving. True, true. Whatever. We'll see. We'll see what he does. Uh, I guess I'll be happy for him if he does stay, but... I think for, uh, that for what really stood out to me was just uh, Edson Alvarez. Uh, he got he's had mm-hmm, two starts mm-hmm. in a row now for Ajax. He got an assist last week, um, and it's I mean it's it's, it's looking good for him because I think we were complaining about a lack of starts for him, and you know I was a bit worried that I mean you would read reports see that Ajax didn't want to sell him or loan him to Valencia, but he but now he seems to be doing well for the team. They're now seven points ahead in the league table. Um, it was actually kind of funny reading through this because once again I have too much free time reading through this Medio Tiempo article. There he just like literally like found these tweets from like Ajax fans who were like basically backtracking on their criticism of Alvarez <laughs> and were basically supporting him. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of that was kind of funny to read through some of those. But, but yeah, shout out to Edson Alvarez. I mean, now looking like a starter for Ajax. So hopefully he can hold on to that. Well, the Real Betis fan club they're still undefeated. <laughs> Since Diego Linus came in, now he is COVID, um, and uh, also Chucky Lozano playing ninety minutes. And, and doing well it was good to, it was a good week for mexicans abroad you yeah, know yeah. and nobody like scoring big you know outside for tecatito and his golo we always see tecatito golo that's <laughs> it's, it's portuguese league so all right anything else amy and there are no more notes i'm checking the chat of you talking to me about what we should talk about and there's nothing there no i think that's it how are you feeling about coachella being canceled Lisa? <laughs> i already knew it was gonna be canceled Poor Carlos. We were just like, yeah, we'll wrap this up by like eight o'clock. I just, that, and that's what I, I, I told him that too. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually putting the Leon uh, game on my newscast, so I need to wait for it to finish anyway. So I'm fine. Oh, there you go. Mm. There you go. Um, well, we well again. Thank you so much, Carlos, for for jumping on. Uh, I think you bring so much 
I mean, so many different kind of angles, especially because you were a player. Um, but before you go, I wanted to ask you this. What is, when we're looking at when you're calling games, Carlos, what is something that you do to prepare that's kind of like, like inside knowledge of people that call games? Um, well, first of all, and, and I mean, we're trying to wrap this up and, and I, I, I guess I'm going to tell the story, but tell it. Um, one of the reasons that I got into this and no offense to all my colleagues and I met a lot of them and they're fantastic, but I could not stand <laughs> listening to games. So I would watch games on mute because I was so <laughs> used to watching the games at the stadium. Every time I could go to the stadium, I would watch a game in the stadium. And I was lucky enough that for those people who don't know who my dad is and my dad being an actor, mm -hmm. he had a lot of friends who were players. So they'll invite us to the game. So we'll go to the games as often as possible. I was in the hotel with them. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about soccer. I grew up with their kids. Some of their kids became professional soccer players. So all, all that all that realm in my head of, of conversations I had with these people, when I would listen to it on the television, I was like, this is not equipped to, to the things that I listen to. So when I actually got into it, also by chance, because one of my bosses decided that, hey, listen, you should do this. You, you have a face for television and you know people, so you should do it. And that's how I ended up doing it. Uh, I was like, I need to prepare myself. Like, I have to be a coach inside this thing. Like, this is how I need to look at it. So uh, first of all, I just finished my certificate as a tactical analyst with Barcelona, just like Tom Marshall did. Uh, I finished it on Friday. I actually was supposed to get my, my, uh, my certificate sometime this week. But having all that and coaching, I, I coached high school for 17 years. I didn't coach club because I didn't have time because I was working on television, but I, I coached soccer at U17 level. When I go into the games, uh, I usually try to look at the, the two games before and I watch the game again completely and I make notes and, and, the, and the tactical where, where they're standing, what kind of movements they do, what kind of subs they do and what they're looking for in, the, in, in those subs. If the team is winning, if the team's tied, how do they approach when they're tying and it's closing up to the game? Like I, I actually do a lot of <laughs> a lot of that, just watching those specific two teams. And sometimes with all the work I have in the newscast, I don't and, and covering all of the sports, you don't have time to look at everything like in such detail. So I spend a lot of my nights like watching, re-watching games and, and like stopping them and then replaying plays and 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 that's kind of thing. And then uh, on, the, on the other hand, like on the old school part of it, I still do that on paper. <laughs> I still need to have it on a notebook and write the names down and their numbers mm. and stats and things like that. I go back to that. I guess I don't have a television face. So <laughs> that's why I'm not on TV. No, 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 no. Thank, thank you, Carlos. Um, I think it's, I think one of the hardest thing to do, you know, in, in this industry is calling games. So um appreciate uh, all that you're doing going on and all the cool shout outs that you know you, it's 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 regardless of where you're at when you're on tv and someone mentions your name and you're watching it and i was like with a couple friends like look he said my name that's pretty cool <laughs> um we'll do that so all right, all right all right i know it's it's time to go amy anything last any points that's it we're done we're cool yeah you're good yeah all right mm -hmm. Uh, don't forget about on um, Thursday, Cesar will have the Liga MX uh, preview. Cesar, I'm asking like, you one like more usual, time. Like usual, Wisa's going to ask me who the guest is going to be. And like usual, it's Monday night. I'm like, oh, I should figure out who the We're guest is. We're both on the pod right now. <laughs> Clearly, we haven't figured it out yet, Wisa. So. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. All right, guys. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll keep it here at the Mexican Soccer Show. Hasta la próxima.